Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. I'm Anne from the Morning Breeze in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. I'm Deb from the Morning Breeze in Halifax. And I'm Simone from Breeze Afternoons in Vancouver and Edmonton. Our latest book is Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty by Lauren Weisberger, the New York Times bestselling author of The Devil Wears Prada and When Life Gives You Lululemons, brings us a read this time around about two sisters, their perfect lives and their perfect lies. The novel follows Peyton Marcus, a popular morning news anchor who seems to have it all, perfect job, perfect husband, and a daughter who has just graduated from an exclusive private school on her way to Princeton University. But when Peyton and her family are thrust into the spotlight after her husband is arrested for being involved in a scandal, she joins her sister Skye as stay-at-home mom in the suburban town of Paradise. But Skye is also struggling with her own private pain. Juicy stuff, ladies. Let's dive right in. Thoughts on this month's read? Deb, I'll start with you. I know you just finished this book. I did, and I wish I had gotten into it even sooner. <laughs> um, it was great. I um, I was excited because of the author and what she's already thrown out there, um, plus the scandal um, that we've been all aware of for, uh, I guess, a couple of years now, maybe, maybe longer. Um, but I, I quite liked it, and I, I really did like the characters um, and I think there were a lot of emotions that I, I think most people would be able to follow along um, maybe there were times where, where some of the characters you step back and think what what the heck really really um, but no I, I I quite enjoyed it what about you Simone Oh my gosh, me too. I loved it. And I know Deb and I are the ones that are always reading to like the day before we have our discussion. But uh, same thing. I was like, why didn't I get to it sooner or finish sooner? It was really juicy, as you mentioned. And I'm obsessed with all things like Real Housewives, all the franchise uh-huh. shows. So this had a little taste of that, that little lifestyle with all this, you know, designer and luxury and name brand stuff. And of course, yeah, the the deep, dark secrets were um, really good because there, there just seemed to be more every time and you're like oh I thought it was just one secret but clearly it's snowballing to many of them (laughs) yeah yeah and you know I know we're talking about this in the fall but I did enjoy this book in the summer Uh, it was a great summer read on my camping trips and I couldn't put it down so let's get right to it the first question I think that I want to dive into is just about the um, the song, which is the title for the novel, Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty, <laughs> which every time I say it, I want to sing it instead of, stay, instead of say it. But uh, why do you think Lauren chose this song for the title? And how did it relate to what happened in the story? Simone, what do you think? Well, it's an obvious play on the grass isn't always greener, you know, and uh, obviously that being set in the town of paradise, it is that whole world. And we see so much of it where you see things on social media or you see things around you where you think people are living these amazing lives. And sometimes you look back at yourself and you think, oh, I wish I had what she had, or I wish I was this far along in my career, or I wish I had, you know, that family or that kind of husband or something. 
something. But really, once you read along, it just makes you realize, hey, you know what? Things aren't always so great. And you hear that term where the you know the grass isn't always greener. You know, it's your grass is green where you water it, right, or where you take care of it. So I think in the end. That realization of just making sure you're not missing out on what's important, the moment in life, while trying to just keep up with the Joneses, because at the end of the day, that might not bring you happiness. Hmm. That is a deep dive, Simone. Wow, yeah. <laughs> very impressed right Agreed. now. One hundred percent, Deb. What are you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree with Simone. It's it's those lifestyles that may for I guess probably for most people seem so unattainable but yes let's go for it let's let's do whatever we need to do to get there and uh, you know having to to set the standards because of a certain lifestyle and uh, follow along in that imaginary handbook of life let's get the cookie cutter house and the family and in this particular area um, this suburb or, or this city this location and, and as you mentioned Simone keeping up with the Joneses that idea Idea of perfection that really doesn't exist, but you still want to believe that it does, or, or a lot of people would like to believe it. So I think that image is is out there in the shows that we see, in the the scandals on the front pages, or you know, on our and ent- entertainment shows. But yeah, I I think it, I, I think because there's so much of it on social media these days that there are a lot of people dreaming about it. We're trying to jump in and see, can I, can I try this out? And maybe it might work out. Maybe it is greener over there, but I guess I have to test the waters first. Yeah. And I also would add to that nostalgia around the memories of going to concerts. Like in the book, um, I think one of the, the main, the mo- like one of the main themes of the book is sisters, the, these two sisters and, and, uh, you know, what they're going through together. And there's parts where they're reminiscing about their teenage years and when they went to these concerts and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I, I sort of thought that played into it a bit as well. And, uh, anyway, it's still, it's going to be my earworm for the day where the grass is green and the girls and are the pretty. Girls are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guns and Roses do a much better version. Um, All right. So a three-part question next. What was your opinion on Peyton's reasoning for trying to buy a Princeton admission for her daughter, Max? Why did her husband, Isaac, have to take the fall for what happened? And what would you have done in her shoes? So I know a lot to unpack there. But Simone, I know you're up to the task here on this one. So what do you think about about those questions? Well, that's just it. It's the whole prestige. And she was a, you know, news anchor. People loved her. She had everything going on. She wanted to have the perfect career, the perfect life, the perfect body and took really good care of herself. And then it was all of her friends, you know, keeping up with them and making sure her daughter goes to an Ivy League school. It's just a checklist on that box of the what is considered to be perfection. So I think that's where her headspace was, is that my daughter deserves the best of the best. I didn't get it. So I'm going to do whatever I can now that I am a person in power to be able to do this. And at the end of the day, I don't think she was coming from that place of committing a crime. I think she just thought it's like anything. Your kids are having some event at school. And if you can, you know, put out a $100 gift certificate goes a long way, right? With people thinking, oh, wow, that mom is incredible. She did something. So here this mom is thinking, I'm just going to give a little charity donation. So they're aware of her 
culture and they just know that our family is a well-to-do family. We bring a lot to the table, but not so much as some of the college scandals that we've seen come to surface where people were actually having fake people take tests and, you know, fake people in photos um, Mm -hmm. at those campuses. So I think she just really thought, you know what, I'm going to do this for my daughter because it'll be the life that I didn't have, she can have. And that's just it. I think her husband took the fall because she is such a public personality. She is so well loved. He could go away, do the time, and he thought it won't taint her reputation. And I probably would have done the same thing. I think if I was in that situation, if my husband said, hey, listen, in your world, this is really going to ruin things for you and your future. So if I can help you, let me help you. Um, But I think at the end of the day, fessing up to what you do is important because then you're admitting to it. And who haven't we seen bounce back from scandal? Like just thinking about this, I think about the actual college admission scandal and Lori Loughlin and her daughter, Olivia Jade, is on Dancing with the Stars. You look at someone like... um, you know, Martha Stewart, who did jail time, and she was just on the Today Show talking about her new dessert cookbook. So I think the people who fess up to it, own up to it and say, listen, I did a bad thing, but I'm ready to make it right. I think that's just it. So fessing up to it at the end of the day was the right step. I think, um, you know, I I, I like looking at it from from that angle, Simone, and, and thinking about all those celebrities who have done wrong. I mean, we are all human, right? We all make mistakes. And we want to do what's best or what we think might be best for our family and our friends as well, if you want to um, extend that circle. Um, and, and I think initially, people they don't love it. But sometimes they like to see celebrities or people in power fail or see that there's the human, there's the, the 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 person that I think I know. And then when you realize, okay, they've paid their price, they've done what they they had to do to get back on track. So now let's embrace them as we would with our family members. But yeah, I think she was just so desperate to do anything for for Max and and perhaps also obsessed with her own dreams. Um, she just couldn't help herself. This is, you know, she wasn't thinking that okay, what's going to happen down the line? Somebody's going to get in trouble. Somebody's, we're breaking laws here. I think that that's what you want to do without thinking of the ramifications. You're just so anxious to get in there and do it and hopefully come out on the better end, I suppose. But I'm not Mm. sure. And maybe because I'm not a mother, I'm not a parent, that I'd go that far. I would take a risk, but I don't know I'd take that big of a risk. Yeah, I don't think she thought she was doing anything illegal so that was the first thing um but myself the queen of saying sorry i i as i was reading through this i thought to myself i could never do this i could not i I could not have my husband take the fall for it i just couldn't i I just it -hmm. would stress me out to no end so if i was in her shoes i would have fessed up to it right away right away for sure i just I, I know me and I, I just I couldn't relate to that part of it, although I could see with where she was at and she was such a public figure and this and that. I just my own personal take on is like I could have never handled it. It would have <laughs> it wouldn't have been a, a good scene for sure. So uh, but how do you think Max handled the scandal? Because I personally, I think she handled it better than I would have. But um, Simone, what do you think about Max in the story? Well, I think like any teenager, she was angry at first because 
again, it was brought to this national attention, um, you know, that her parents were involved in this, her dad's going to jail, her mom's, you know, taken off her TV show. And so she was just worried about what other people would think about her and her friends and people talking behind your back. So you have anger from that because it's like, hey, I do so much in my life to fit in or just get to a certain place in my life. And now here are my parents damaging any chances I have at my future. But you know, seeing her come around, it just showed that she did believe her parents are good people. You know, she obviously had a very close relationship with her dad. So that was hard for her. Her mom and I not so close, but seeing that they're going to work on it. And she was able to just get things off her chest. And her mom not realizing that, wow, like I have been putting my life and my world ahead of my daughter. And I thought I was doing something great for her, but I really wasn't. So I think she handled it better than, yeah, like you said, Anne, better than I think I would have handled it. Um, So I think deep down she knew that they had a reason to do it. She didn't agree with it, but at least they got there in the end. I think so, too. I think as well, she, she handled it as well as can be expected and and maybe even better than, than most other teens, of course, but also adults. And I think Max is such a bright, really cool kid. Um, I can't imagine handling it the way she did. And I think, you know, being an only child, I just think of, of having my siblings and being able to throw things at them or discuss, you know, things that are going on in the family and to be alone and not feel like you've got that other you know, person that you can kind of say, hey, what's going on? How, wh- what do we do? How do we go from here? I think that she's, uh, yeah, she's she's done very well with it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just think about like, social media and what that oh. what that feeling would be when you would have to go through something like that. I just, all I can think about is thank goodness when we were growing up, we didn't have Facebook. That's all I can think about. I think about oh, that goodness. all the time because it's like oh. none of our stuff from the past. We all, we've all done things that it surfaces, yeah. you know, in the teens these days. I mean, it's as quick as somebody filming you and it's on Snapchat and it's gone viral and it's just, it's everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Facebook isn't cool. <laughs> it's all, what is it? It's all about, it's like Snapchat and TikTok. what else is there? TikTok. Yeah. Yes, TikTok. Yeah. But, it, you know, but, and then Max uses social media to her advantage as well when she does her videos and shares them. And so she does, in the end, it does work out for her. And um, on to Sky, though. What are your thoughts about Sky's storyline? And what was behind her buying spree and going into debt? That was sort of interesting. Deb, I'll start with you on this one. Okay, sure. I, you know, we were talking, or you had mentioned uh, the the sisterhood or the the relationship um, in the story with with Sky and Peyton. And I have two sisters myself, so um, I love her spirit and I love the differences between her and Peyton. Um, I think she was a, a very interesting character, and uh, I I think of her and my older sister because. And my younger sister as well. We are all very different, but have a lot of similarities and um, interesting times in our lives. We we always come together in the end. We we have each other's back. Um, but there were a few moments where I thought, wow, would I even be friends with you if I didn't have to be, you know, I know we're siblings, but would I be your friend if I was outside this circle? Um, but yeah, I, I really do like Skye's character. And I think she has such great passion for the families that, you know, she, she wanted to help and, and such a good heart. Um, and I I don't know how similar she is, 
you know, when you compare Peyton's character, um, but coming together as sisters. I, I love that relationship. And Simone, what do you think? I liked her storyline as well. And I think, you know, she had it all together. She went to the great school and, you know, had this life in the suburbs. But there was obviously a void in her that she was filling by buying things and doing things. And she just didn't know what her place in life was because she pictured her life going a certain way. But as we know, your life can change course and direction at any time. And you kind of have to just understand that this is what is meant for you. And you can only fight so much. And so, so I was really happy to see that uh, in the end, she was going to, you know, adopt another baby. And I just thought maybe she, in her mind, since she had her life planned a certain way and it kind of detoured and she had to be the pack mom or do stuff at school. But I think mm-hmm. in the end, this is what her life was meant to be. And she's finding that passion in just that world of being a mom with kids. Like I know a lot of friends who were extremely career driven and had all these goals. Even myself, I think about some of the things I wanted to do. And it's not that you give it up to have children, but you're just in a different place. And you think this is not forever. When you have children, they're only small for so long. They're your whole world. And I see it with my oldest. He's already kind of like, mom, can I go with my friends? Can I go do something else? So you don't have a lot of time with them before they kind of get back into their their own worlds. And then you're free again to kind of focus on some of the things you couldn't do at a certain point that maybe you thought, oh, at this age, I will be here in my life. Well, you might get there a little later if it's still a passion. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Just find that happiness in your life. Find that passion over that perfection, you know? Yeah, sometimes I I guess it's hard to find the balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I felt it was a bit open-ended too, because it it never really, she never had the conversation with her husband about it. Like it never sort of bookend. There was no bookend to it as far as you know, her coming clean about her spending and her mm. massive credit card yeah. debt and all the rest of it. Yeah. I was I was just wondering if if we had the chance to talk to Lauren, I wanted to ask her about that, what she had in mind for how that sort of how that played out in the end, because it was never really addressed. It was it was something that she kinda went through with the book and then at the end it just it it, it was sort of like Everything is okay now, and and it, hopefully the the deck gets sorted out. But it was it just kind of was left hanging for us to sort of wonder what happened. And did she ever say anything? My goodness, that's another thing. I'm like, oh my, I, I couldn't keep that in. <laughs> but, but do you think that maybe there could be a sequel for this? Because even the I'm last thinking. page, and it was like, well, what happens? Yeah. Does she go back? Does she bounce back after scandal? Like, what happens? Like, so I think there, that's maybe why it was left like that, because there, I could see another book in this series. Yes. And what happens with Max? Um, where does she end up? Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and you know the what? New family, I was just, the I, new baby. Yeah, I was listening to an interview as well with Lauren and and she said that she is working on something that is out the next couple of years. So, and she wouldn't say what it was. So maybe that's it. We'll have to have to keep an oh. eye on that for sure <laughs> because I'm oh, nosy be and great. I need to know what happened there. <laughs> um, you've so invested gonna, in these people. 
Yes. A bit of a spoiler alert right now. We're going to unpack the ending. So if you haven't had a chance to get to the end, you may want to check back on this final bit of the discussion at a later date. Okay. So here it is. The final question. Why do you think Peyton finally decided to turn herself in? And further that, what do you foresee the lasting repercussions for doing so? So Simone, help Peyton's, uh, you know, uh, career be affected and all of that with her going to jail. I think she's going to, you know, right her wrong, obviously, and she was was about to do that, as we found right at the end of the book. And I think she's doing it because she wants that relationship with her husband to be strong and to show her daughter that if you do mis- make mistakes, you can't let anyone else take the blame. So here I am. I'm doing the responsible thing, and I think it'll be a big story on her network, and I think people will... Because she is such a likable person, as you you know, you read along wherever she went, people loved her, and I think she'll get back to doing what she loves, and it'll be a learning lesson for her. And people will say, you know what? Like I said, you know, the Martha Stewarts of the world and stuff—they did their time, so now we can appreciate them. Because there's also so many people or celebrities who do things and they just get off like with no Mm -hmm. punishment at all so I think those are the people that people you know the rest of us get frustrated at is oh just because they're a you know a well-known name they don't have to do anything or face any repercussions but I think in her case I think it'll work out better for her and I think it'll kind of be the reset she needs to reevaluate her life and understand that I have to kind of change my ways and maybe it's not going back to the role she had maybe she'll find something else to do in that kind of world, but I think uh, I think she'll bounce back. That's how I feel about it. I don't think this is the end for her. I agree, Deb. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think she I think she had to turn herself in, and I think that she finally realized with one of the last conversations she had with Max, like the night before, and and she realized who her daughter really was and how she could do so much more than she gave her credit for and that, you know, she could handle life and what was coming with her new plans after high school. Um, and and along with Isaac, her, her husband, um, whatever that sentence might be, I think that she realized, you know what, this is going to be okay. There will be a media overload for a time and, and probably more anger from the public and her colleagues. But she will be able to live with herself and, and better understand the world that she wanted to be part of versus the world that she thought she needed to be part of. So I, I think there's there's definitely more to come for all of us. Yes, well, we're predicting it now that there is going to be a sequel to this book. <laughs> and there should be um, there should be a movie because she made The Devil yeah. Wears Prada. Like, I could yeah. totally see this as a movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Where's Meryl Streep? Let's get her on yeah. the phone. <laughs> Meryl Streep could play the mom. The mom was like, yes. really? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was a great read. And I was happy. I I must say I felt relieved at the end. I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Because that was stressing me out that she was um, letting your husband take the fall. I just Mm. I was like, I I just don't get it. I could never do it. I just it was it was baffling to me. So um, but it was it was interesting to see how they're uh, they're journeys all sort of happened and how it all came together at the end but kind of still left it open-ended to who knows we'll see and uh, anything you want to add about this month's read 
It's just interesting to me now because it's seeing the people with their perfect lives is going to make me think, ooh, what deep, dark secret do they have? (laughs) Not, not (laughs) Not saying that everybody does, but it's just, you know, sometimes you start to think about how many people you meet in life who are really holding on to some stuff that you know nothing about that's probably juicy because <laughs> yes, my life is quite I, boring so that's why oh I my just, gosh <laughs> so true <laughs> me too and I think wow it's so exhausting to be some of these people isn't it trying to keep up with everything and and have that perfect setting that perfect life I I, I mean it's no wonder there's anxiety and and uh, all these interesting things coming out exactly thank you both Anna Deb and thank you to you for listening thank you for kicking back and relaxing Relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.